0: Welcome back to the CBJ show. I'm Brandon alongside me on the zoom screen is Jason and Cam. And we're back after a a little bit of a few month hiatus. We had a summer off, but here it's uh, end of August, summer's ending back to school, getting ready for the start of school. And with that, that's also the start of the NFL uh, season. So we're lucky to be joined once again for the third time uh, on this podcast, Welcome uh, to Mike Reese, ESPN reporter for the New England Patriots.
1: Great to be on the CBJ show. Let's go.
0: Awesome. All right. So obviously, before we get into the the Pat's topic, we're all broadcasters here. What really makes uh, what you do like one stand out? And what is some advice you would give to kids our age that want to get into that uh, field of broadcasting?
1: Well, let's start with um, the second part of that, And I think the um, advice, you know, to get into broadcasting is just follow your passion and go do it. There's no substitute for going out there and actually broadcasting. Um, I remember when I was in college at University of Massachusetts, I would broadcast the local high school basketball games on their cable station out in Amherst. Doesn't matter what sport it is, what level it is, just get out there and just do it. That would be my biggest advice.
0: Awesome. I mean, getting the practice and being able to continuously work on it is definitely a key. Um, you got to have a lot of perseverance and a lot of courage and um, if you want to talk a little bit about that how that helps you when you go live on what if it's ESPN or, um for the the patriots locally
1: definitely so i think where where i would highlight the perseverance and courage is that you know you don't make a lot of money when you're just starting out and that'll oftentimes weed out the people that really want to do it and those that are just sort of in it for a hobby or you know um and that's really with a perseverance that i would say is talk to people that make it To the high levels they'll probably tell you they had some time where they had to pay their dues where they were broadcasting let's call it minor league baseball and you know living on a very very modest salary and sacrificing friday nights with their friends saturday nights with their friends a lot of personal sacrifices to get that experience and so to me that would be something that i would say to anyone that wants to get into this like it's gonna take some work and it's gonna take some sacrifice to to hopefully you know get where you hope to go.
0: Having that perseverance, taking that sacrifice is all important. Uh, with that, I think really what we were here for to talk about was the Patriots. I know Cam and Jason they got questions. Take it away, guys.
2: All right, I'll start here. Um, so. Last year, obviously, the Patriots made the playoffs as a sixth seed after um, missing the playoffs the prior year. Though no one wants to talk about the game and how the season ended, would you call the 2021 NFL season a success for the Patriots?
1: I would, Jason. You know, I think when we think about when it started, it was like, well, Mac Jones sort of sit out, you know, for a rookie year and learn behind the scenes, and they'll get him ready to go for 2022. And Mac just had such a great training camp and really beat out Cam Newton, you know, for that job. And then for him to play 17 games and then actually 18 when you include the playoffs, um, that's a great success to have that type of season with a rookie quarterback. At one point, they were the number one seed. And we were starting to think about, hey, maybe there's some magic here, right? Like 2001, when Tom Brady as a young quarterback led him to the Super Bowl, it obviously didn't turn out that way for them Uh, but it was a a, a really a foundation type um, type season for them they laid the foundation uh, for what they hope is greater success ahead
2: we hope that they can continue their success this year and as we saw in the top 100 rankings mac jones got pretty good ranking as he's been gaining respect from players around the league and he was considered one of the best rookies. So, what are you expecting from him in year two as additional improvement?
1: So, Cam, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to seeing with Mac is how he adjusts to the change without Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator. They were so tight. And think about every time Mac would go to the sideline after a series or a play, mm-hmm. like, what would you see? Like it would, he would always be right next to Josh McDaniels. And that was such a big part of his development. Uh, this year it's Matt Patricia and Joe judge and Bill Belichick sort of, you know, as the top three offensive coaches. And I, I, I haven't thought Mac has looked as comfortable to this point in training camp as he was last year, because they're trying some different things. And these are different voices in his helmet. So I'm curious to see if, you know, this is just some growing pains or if it's a sign of things to come that maybe this might be a little bit more of a challenging year for Mac. Curious to see how that unfolds.
0: In addition to Mac Jones rising to what could be another level in year two, we're going to see how many those connections that he made last year with uh, tight ends Hunter Henry, John Smith, and wide receivers Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar Having another year under their belt, having another offseason and preseason, that will help these uh, players like Mac Jones and the wide receivers tight end to connect. But I want to know from what you've seen at preseason if that's really what uh, we're expecting is uh, growth between those players.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, Brendan. And I would say we saw it with Nelson Aguilar in the second preseason game. There were two plays where you saw the connection between Mack and Nelson show up. The first one was on a third down pass where the Carolina Panthers blitzed and there was a free rusher off the edge. And when there's a free rusher, there needs to be sort of a connection between the quarterback and the pass catcher to know, Hey, I got to get this ball out fast. You better turn around and be ready to catch the ball and Nelson Aguilar was ready to catch the ball. I thought that was a really significant play to get them their first, first down in that game against the Panthers and reflects that growth that you're talking about in year two. And then of course the more obvious play was Mac to Nelson for 45 yards down the left sideline, a beautiful deep ball. Um, so I would say that that's there. In practice, we've seen it with Johnu Smith, certainly like looks more comfortable. So I am expecting both those players, Aguilar, Janu, Mac, that connection to be much better than we saw last year.
2: All right. Moving on into a lot other moments from the preseason games. Um, what players have really stood out to you in these two games and guys who you think maybe didn't really have that big of a chance of making the fifty three man roster, but now with um less than of a- about a few weeks left of um, until the 53 man roster comes out, which players do you think have a real shot to make the roster that are kind of unexpected?
1: It's always tough to tell. I mean, I think they're going to have some undrafted guys that, that make the team. Um, so these are names like we wouldn't have probably been even thinking about, you know, entering training camp, like Cody Russi, a center out of Houston, um, DeMarcus Mitchell, an outside linebacker out of Purdue. LeBron Ray, a defensive tackle out of Alabama. Brendan Schooler, a core special teamer out of Texas. So those guys, I mean, I actually might put them all on the roster right now. Uh, How about about a guy by the name of Lil Jordan Humphrey? He made a play in the second preseason game against the Panthers that ended up as the number three play on SportsCenter's top 10 plays on Friday night when he was diving into the end zone to scoop the ball back on a punt. It was like one of the great special teams plays that, that I've seen in recent memory. Um, we could go on and on like Anthony Jennings an outside linebacker who was a third round pick in 2020. Hasn't done much in his early career with the Patriots. I think he's gonna be a, a factor for them. Um, those are a few that stand out, not the only ones, But when we think about players that maybe we wouldn't have been talking about, you know, leading into camp, those are those are some that come to my mind. Obviously, looking ahead, the
0: Patriots have the preseason game in Vegas this week and then starting the road uh, in Miami or at Miami and at Pittsburgh. How is that going to be a one a challenge? off the, the start for the Patriots and obviously not coming home for, uh, to play a game at Gillette for about a month.
1: Yeah, one of the only teams in the league to start with two on the road, right? And so one of the things Bill Belichick always says is where you play or the conditions, that's really secondary to the execution. Like you just got to go make plays. Um, but if you have the choice, you'd probably rather do it at home if you could, right? Than on the road. Um, They're going to get two teams, home openers. So usually the crowd is pretty fired up for a home opener. Um, And when you talk, Brandon, about Miami in September, on September 11th, um, it's not going to be very cold there. So what's your conditioning like, right? Um, To me, the Patriots, I don't want to say they have to have both games, but I think when you consider what's after those two games, at home against the Ravens, And on the road against the Packers, winning those two games would be great for them to buy them a little bit of margin for error, a little cushion, right, as they work through some of the inevitable early season kinks. You know, as I heard Bill Belichick mention that really you don't get to where you want to be until about halfway through a season in terms of playing with fundamentals and and, and have everything down the way you want it. So to me, those are two huge games and they're winnable games for the Patriots, um, if they can sort of um, play a little bit better maybe than we've seen so far in training camp.
2: Well, obviously, the Patriots have a bunch of big games, some including like the Packers, Bills or Raiders. But what are some of the games that you are looking forward to most this year, whether home games, away games, or just games that should be exciting overall?
1: So, Cam, I, I think the, the road schedule is a little bit better than the home schedule. Um, when you look at the games and the opponents, I mean, a game at Lambeau Field, week four against the Packers, that's sort of special. Uh, Patriots don't get to Lambeau that often. I think the last time was 2014, if I remember off the top of my head. Um, so that that would be one I would probably circle. And then I would highlight in December, they go to Arizona on a Monday night. And then they're just going to stay out West and play at Las Vegas on a Sunday night. So that's an exciting two game stretch. Like if you're thinking about taking a road trip to see the Patriots, like that'd be a pretty cool week uh, to to go Arizona and then Vegas and spend the week out there.
0: Talking about those two games, having two weeks in the West coast, what does that do for training wise and how do the players adapt to knowing that you're playing two games at west that's going to be where you're staying you're not flying obviously back and forth from the east coast Uh, and how does that schedule impact players and what do you see as when you're reporting
1: so brandon they're actually getting a little bit of a sneak preview of it this week because they're spending the whole week out in las vegas uh, before their preseason game on friday so in a way this is a great Preview for what's going to come in December. Um, in that week in December, they'll end up instead of being in Vegas for the week, they'll probably stay in Arizona. Um, and I believe it's going to be at the University of Arizona, where Jed Fish, their former quarterbacks coach, is now the head coach of the Arizona Wildcats. Um, so that part is sort of set, and the players are used to it by now. I think the biggest part on that is team bonding. You know, you spend a week out with your teammates you get closer with them. And really the best Patriots teams that I've seen over the years are the ones that have been the closest. Because when you're in the critical situations, you need to be able to rely on the player next to you. And sometimes bonding with them over a week can foster like an environment where that happens um, more readily than maybe it would otherwise.
2: Um, Next, uh, we're looking at the Patriots and their schedule, which we've already mentioned a bit. where do you see the Patriots falling in this 10? think they're a playoff team? Will they finish at 500? There's a lot of questions are that. So where do you see them falling in this standings?
1: Yeah, right on. I was thinking about this as we talked about the, the the exciting games. I didn't even mention the Bills. Like the team that many people think is the odds-on favorite to win a Super Bowl right there in the AFC East, right? Um, this sort of reminds me of what the Patriots were like when Tom Brady was here, when it was like... No one ever gave any of the other teams a chance to win the division. Um, I think the presence of the Bills makes it harder for the Patriots, right? Because in a way, you could say their best chance to make the playoffs is as a wild card. It's hard to do, you know, hard to get to the Super Bowl like that. Can't, not impossible, right? But I I would, I would say, optimistically, if they can get to ten wins, anything is possible.
0: Awesome uh, to have you, uh, Mike Reese, as always. Um, we like to end these podcasts where uh, as much of it is us asking you questions, but uh, we like to end with, if the guest has any like final word that they want to add, we like to, to give them the last word. So if you have any last words that you want to say before the uh, pad season starts, uh, this is your moment.
1: <laughs> hey, thanks for giving me the last word. Um, I just think this stuff is fun. You know, we got to find things in what we do every day, you know, that connect us, right? And talking about sports and Patriots and sports broadcasting, it's a happy thing. And there's enough sad things going on out there in our world. So the more we can all connect, rally around things that bring us together, that's a win in my book. So keep doing what you're doing, get more guests, keep rallying people together that's a winning formula.
0: Awesome. Thank you as always, Mike, for joining us. And that will do it for our interview with ESPN reporter Mike Reese. Continuing on with episode 43 of the CBJ show, we're going into playoff uh, NFL playoff predictions. So obviously we're still in preseason as uh, our guest, Mike Reese, talked about the Pats still have got one more preseason game. Uh Opening of the first regular season doesn't start for a few weeks, but it's always fun to make predictions so far in advance. So, Jason, why don't you start us off? Who you have in the AFC?
2: Yeah, okay. In the AFC, coming in in first place with the first round by at a record of 13-4, and I have the Buffalo Bills. I think they have probably the best roster in football right now. They have one of the most explosive offenses in the league and their defense just keeps getting better and better with the Von Miller addition. With the best secondary in the league too, this team should absolutely cruise through the AFC and I have them winning all six their division games in this upcoming season. Now, moving on to my two seed, I have the LA Chargers with a record of 12 and five. The Chargers made a lot of great additions this year offseason and now their defense is actually like pretty elite now before they were terrible i think they're gonna make that jump to the second seed this upcoming season the third seed i have the baltimore ravens at 12 and 5 they had so many injuries last year and they're going to be healthy for the first time in a very long time and they made some very good draft picks two of the best players in the draft in the first round they're at a really productive offseason getting some great free agents. I think they're going to go take the AFC North after finishing fourth last year in the division. With the fourth seed, I have the Indianapolis Colts winning the AFC South with a record of 10-7. and I think the Colts are going to be better off with Matt Ryan than Carson Wentz. I think Matt Ryan fits their scheme better, even though Carson Wentz is probably more skilled. I think Matt Ryan's smart. And what he's going to do is he's going to bring this offense to a way where they can they can pull out more wins, but I don't necessarily have to rely on Jonathan Taylor to carry them in every single game. Now, my three wild cards. This was very tough. I think there are so many combinations you can get here. But uh, with the fifth seed, I had the Kansas City Chiefs with 11-6. They had a lot of bad losses this offseason. They lost Tyree Kill. They lost Tyree Matthew. But they are still they still have two of the best players in football, with Mahomes and Kelsey. And in the preseason, they're scoring touchdowns, drive after drive. Mahomes has had no drives without a touchdown in this preseason in three drives. That's crazy to think about, and I think that's going to continue in the regular season. The Chiefs are still going to be a very scary team with that defense and with that improved offensive line, as it is very young and improving even more. At the sixth seed, uh, I had the Cincinnati Bengals at 11-6. I think this is going to come down to the last week where they barely – Um, dropped the division to the Ravens in week 18. I think the Ravens will win that game um, and the Bengals will fall into the wild card. But the Bengals no doubt improved their roster this offseason. Their offensive line was like bottom five. And the way they improved this year, they got a lot of good pieces on the O-line and you're having the progression of Burrow and Chase. This team is going to get better. And this is actually one more win than they had last year in the regular season. And at the end, at 10-7, and I have the Denver Broncos, Broncos country, let's ride at the seventh seed. I think that the Russell Wilson addition is really going to turn them around. Um, They were still like close to 500 with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterbacks last year. And when you put Russell Wilson in the mix, you have the improvements of guys like Sertain and Javante Williams. I think this team goes to the playoffs, squeaks in over a lot of teams I'm going to get into in just a minute. Uh, but yeah, this Denver Broncos team, one of the best secondaries in football, and they're probably going to be a scary team all year. And I wanted to mention the teams I have just outside the playoffs. I actually have four teams finishing with a record of nine and eight: the Titans, Dolphins, Patriots, and Raiders. I think the Raiders are not going to be good with Josh McDaniels. I don't really like his scheme that much as a head coach. Um, I know Brendan loves Josh McDaniels, and I do too. I think he's more of an offensive coordinator but I think they're going to struggle on the defensive end when your best player is Max Crosby and you have literally nobody else. The Titans, I mean, they took a lot of bad losses this offseason with losing A.J. Brown, and they're not going to be winning that division this year. The Patriots and Dolphins, they have made improvements. Some of them have regressed. The Patriots regressed a bit, but with their coaching with Bill Belichick, even though there's other coaching questions, I still think that their defense can bring them to nine wins. And Miami, they're going in the right direction, but there's too much competition in the AFC for them to make it. And then the rest of the teams are going to be significantly worse. But I would expect there to be over 10 teams in contention for a playoff spot come week 18 going into that week.
0: So I'm going to give a little insight onto the CBJ show. A lot of times podcasts, they, they hide this stuff. But um, I'll, I'll say it. So one of the fascinating things about podcasting is a lot of times you come up with things on the spot. And so here it was, I was, I'm always a planner. I'm supposed I like planning things out, having it. Uh I totally forgot. I didn't plan who was going to make my top seven. Jason knows this. Uh this is all last minute. So that's a little insight on on to the CBJ show. A lot of things are planned, but even the professional podcast you may listen to, things come up on the spot. Um, that's one, two. I think uh, it's a good thing that Cam left because uh, he wouldn't little he wouldn't be too happy with hearing uh, Jason's comments about the Raiders. Third, I want to reiterate what Jason just said, which is the AFC is stacked. There are we could probably go on and say over like maybe ten or eleven teams in the conference should make the playoffs. And maybe we could go into a a debate and maybe like, hey, has the NFL ever thought about making eight teams in each conference make the playoffs? I'm not saying they should. That could be a debate for another day. But there's just so many good talents and so many good teams that these are who we're predicting way before the season's starting, way before we know anything. Obviously, this time last year, the Ravens just lost every weapon they had on running back. And just their whole team went down, basically. But that's the fun of it. So I uh, wanted to get those three points out of the way. But whatever it is, you can uh, have your own opinion. So I definitely agree. Bills are winning the AFC East. Where I have them, I actually have them as a 2 seed. And you may be asking, all right, so if you think the Bills are not the best team, probably a Super Bowl contender, who is better? And I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is shocking to a lot of people, but they still have Patrick Mahomes. They are Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. They don't have Tyreek Kale, but they've got MVS. Uh, Juju could help. Uh, Markel Hol- uh, Hard- Hardman. Uh, and uh, they running backs. I think they still have... Uh, uh, forget, is it Hunt? They, no, Hunt's on... Maybe Clyde
2: over layer still? And Jerk we can't
0: This is what Jason's for. He's the analysis of this podcast. Um, but yeah, I still think they have the talents. Plus, they are so upset of how the NFL season ended that they didn't deserve... Or, or the Bills are upset, I should say. Um, my bad. The Chiefs are still hungry. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals in the conference, at home, at Arrowhead, they're ready for a bounce back year, even with the loss of Tyreek Hill, they're going to be in the number one seed. I could be wrong, and I'd be happy for that. Bill's number two. Number three, uh, I think it's going to be the Colts, and the reason why, I think they have a little bit more talent than the Ravens. The Ravens and the Colts, I think, are going to be battling for the last two uh, playoff spots, uh, or the top the three, three seed and the four seed, in my bet. Uh, and that's because both these teams are unknown a little bit. Colts have Jonathan Taylor, and I take that odds over really any running back on Baltimore. Uh, those two teams I think are going to be the hardest to assess, but I definitely think they're, they're the top of their division. I would say if uh, the Ravens don't win the division, it's the Bengals. I've got the Bengals number two. And so they are my. Five seed, because whoever, the Ravens and the Bengals, one of them is winning the division. One of them is not. They're still making the playoffs. So top four seeds, Kansas City, Buffalo, Indianapolis, and Baltimore in that order. Uh, My three wild cards are going to go Cincinnati. I'm going to go with the Raiders instead of the Broncos. I think they have more talent than Russell Wilson and the Broncos do. And my third, I'm going to... I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And the reason why is I think if there's a team in the AFC East that makes the playoffs, it's the Dolphins over the Patriots. As we spoke to Mike, he said that losing Josh McDaniels is going to be a downgrade for Mac Jones. The Dolphins have been adding people left and right. New head coach Mike McDaniels is uh, in as head coach, and it'll be different. They now have Tyreek Hill, um, Satua so can throw to Tyreek. And I mean we saw him last year. Uh or in his previous seasons, we saw a lot of Tyreek thrown deep passes by Mahomes. But he can also, he's very quick. I could see a lot of screens uh or short little passes that Tua gives to uh Tyreek Hill. And he just runs down the court zigzagging through defenses. I think he can zigzag through the pass defense, definitely the Jets defense. And so that's my AFC uh playoffs. So it's Bills or Chiefs, Bills, Colts, Ravens, Bengals, uh, Raiders, and the Dolphins.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I like your division winners. I think we have three of the same four, but I'm curious, you left out the Chargers from the playoffs, and you have the Dolphins ahead of them. What do you what would you say makes the Dolphins a better football team than the Chargers right now? I mean the Chargers. Have one of the best football rosters on paper right now.
0: Oh, that's, that's who I missed. I think they're ahead of the Raiders. I think they're definitely ahead of the Raiders. I think rethinking it, I think Chargers, five seed, Bengals, six seed, Dolphins, seven seed, Raiders, maybe eight. I think Raiders, Patriots, they're on the cusp. I totally forgot about Justin. Justin Herbert, I think it's going to be an amazing division to watch. Herbert, Mahomes, Carr. Wilson, that is uh, anyone's game.
2: Yeah, totally agree. Um, now I'm going to move on to my NFC predictions. The one seed, I know this is very controversial, but I had the Green Bay Packers getting the one seed again, record of 13 and four. And yes, they lost one of the best players in the NFL and Devontae Adams, and he's probably going to make the top 10 in the top 100, which comes out next week. Um, but I still think the Packers have the roster, they have the weapons, um, even without Adams, to be the best team in the NFC in the regular season. You have Aaron Rodgers, like I said, the top two quarterback in football right now. You have the best running back duo in the NFL with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, with third down back ability from both of them and power ability from both of them. And the receivers, they're all above six foot two. They are like absolutely tall and they're going to be and mossing people out of nowhere. You have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Sammy Watkins, and guys like Randall Cobb, is. he's going to get into the mix too. Um, and Alan Lazard, of course, is a very physical player. And Robert Tunyon as well. This team has a lot of talent at receiver that no one's really talking about. And Aaron Rodgers knows how to place the ball where it needs to be. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. And their defense, in my opinion, is the best in the NFL. You have Kenny Clark on the defensive tackle, Rashawn Gary at the edge, Devontae Campbell at linebacker, They have probably the best cornerback group in the NFL with Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, and Eric Stokes. And they still have Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, a great safety pairing. And they're probably the best roster overall in the NFC right now. And I think they're going to win the NFC in the regular season by far. At my two seed, this could be a bit of a surprise. Again, by the Philadelphia Eagles, they made great moves this offseason. They were incredible in the draft. They drafted Jordan Davis at 13, who is um one of the biggest players you've ever seen coming out of the draft. He's like 6'6", 340 already. He's going to be a great defensive tackle. Um, They got Cam Juergens, one of the best centers in the draft. And then Kobe Dean, a guy who was supposed to be a top 20 pick, fell to the third round. They swooped him up. But obviously the biggest news is that they got A.J. Brown from the Titans and it didn't take that much. They just costed a first uh, and I believe a third round pick, which really was a great deal for um the Eagles. And when Jalen Hurts has a true wide receiver one who's just entering his prime, maybe not even there yet. I think the Eagles are going to do something special, and Hertz has a lot of room to grow, and the Eagles are totally in control of that division right now. At the three seed, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they have fantastic um, skill position players. I mean, you have Evans and Godwin, and they just brought in Julio and Gage. They have great receivers. And, of course, Tom Brady, the most accurate passer in all of football and the running game is fine, but I don't think they're going to be as good as the team with the Packers because the Packers can dominate you literally everywhere at every point of the field at all times. I think they have a better quarterback. I think they have better running backs, and I think they have a better defense. The Bucks still have a great defense, though. You have Levante David and Devin White, which is a pretty good linebacker duo, and you have Shaq Barrett off the edge, and Antoine Winfield is one of the best safeties in the NFL. I think they have an elite defense, but I'm, I'm still going to take a team like the Packers in the regular season. To win those games, just because of how dominant Aaron Rodgers is in the regular season, but it could be different in the playoffs. My last division winner in the NFC West is the LA Rams. I have them going ten and seven. I think they're going to regress a bit record wise because of you know how good a team like the Niners are going to get, or some their schedule looks a lot harder this year. Um, and we've seen Matthew Stafford this offseason He's not 100% healthy. He could have, like, some sort of Tommy John surgery if he, like, gets hurt. That's what I've been hearing. He's got some sort of baseball surgery if his throwing arm keeps getting, like, inflamed. And the Rams, they lost some weapons this last offseason. They lost Odell. They lost Darius Williams. And they lost their offensive coordinator who really created the Cooper Cup scheme. and Kevin O'Connell, which just signed to be the new uh, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Do I think they're still going to this division? Yes. And do I think they're going to be play a playoff for us? Yes, but I don't think they are as good as they were last year. And they're probably not my pick to win the Super Bowl. Now, my three wildcard teams. This was really tough. Um, but at the fifth seed, I have tied with the Rams for that division. I had the San Francisco 49ers. Last year, they went 9-8 and eight and made the NFC Championship. And this year, I think they're going to get another win. Um, I think Trey Lance this year will be an upgrade over what Jimmy Garoppolo was last year. Trey Lance gives you something that, that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't with his mobility and his deep ball. Jimmy Garoppolo threw a lot of short checkdowns. He was accurate, but Trey Lance throws the ball um, more intensely. He throws it deep. He throws a sidearm, and he can also beat you with his legs. And that's what's going to make the 49ers a better football team. And not only that, the young guys are going to get better, like Debo, Ayuk, and Nick Bosa, is playing one of the best players in all of football right now. And at the sixth seed, I have the Minnesota Vikings at 10-7, and 7. The Vikings made a lot of upgrades this offseason with their head coach going from Mike Zimmer to Kevin O'Connell. I think Justin Jefferson's primed for that breakout year in the Kevin O'Connell system to become the official best wide receiver in all of football, if he isn't already, because what he's done these first two years of his career have been historic, never done before. And their defense, they made a lot of improvements in the draft. They somehow got Andrew Booth at pick 42, I think, and Lewis Seen um, of Georgia and uh, booth from Clemson, the great corner from there, and their defense—they're getting Dino Hunter back, and they got Zadarius Smith. They're gonna be great this upcoming year, um and I think the playoffs are—the playoffs are totally a realistic place for them to be. And now this last place—it's I think it's only between two teams. The one team I want to say is really close, but not there just because of their experience playing together. Because their quarterback has been hurt when he has been playing. It's the New Orleans Saints. They're gonna miss the playoffs in my opinion. Um, with a record of about nine, eight or 10 and seven, because the team I have ahead of them um, just has that chemistry and a team that's more hungry. I think that's the Dallas Cowboys, who I have with my final seed at the seventh seed. The Cowboys lost to Mari Cooper. That's a big loss. But at the end of the day, they have a young team that's going to get better. You look at Micah Parsons, who's already probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL right now after his rookie season, which is incredible to think about. He's someone you want to build your franchise around. And when you already have an offense with the best offensive line in the NFL um, that maybe took a few losses, um, they're still elite. I wouldn't say best. But I mean, you have CeeDee Lamb, one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL and probably a top five running back duo with Zeke and Pollard. And Dak, above average, he's a star quarterback. And the Cowboys are definitely not going to miss the playoffs after the great year that they had last year.
0: I will say, first off, the AFC in my opinion, and Jason could have the same opinion or different, but I think the AFC is much better than the NFC. Um, Just going through the teams, I was like, who do I pick in the AFC? There's so many good options. In the NFC, I'm like, all right, so which seven are going to be the best? And it's like, the top seven seeds, some of them could be some of these wildcard teams could be worse than some of the teams in the AFC, and there's going to be teams that have the same record of these. So if, like, the Pats have a 9 8 record, Arizona as a wild card could have a 9 8. Arizona can make the playoffs in the NFC, the Patriots cannot. And that is going to annoy some fans how much worse one conference is, but the other. But regardless of that, here's my predictions because uh, I will. <laughs> I think the fan favorite in the NFC is the Bucks. it's Tom Brady. As Mike Reese said last year, me going back to all notes, never bet against Tom. It's not worth it. We know he was out for personal reasons, but he's Tom freaking Brady. So, uh, yeah, they're winning the, the conference. I have the Rams at number two. I think out of the four teams in the, the conference, got a little bit worse than it was last year. I think they're the best team. The Niners, they have no more Jimmy G. The uh, Seahawks have no more Russell Wilson and the Cardinals. Maybe they beat the Rams and win the division. But I think um, and realistically, I think the Rams are going to go win. They are the Super Bowl champions favorites uh, to probably win their division as well. Uh, three, this is going to be shocking to a lot of people. And uh, Jason probably already knows this. Uh, Coming in from the NFC North, uh, my division leader is the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm just going to give you quick hints. And the reason why is Aaron Rodgers is old. He is uh, running out of time to win a Super Bowl. He has not as many weapons as other teams do. And I think the Vikings, maybe even the Vikings, they won last year in Lambeau Field. That's going to be a division where it's going to come down to a week 17, week 18 matchup. uh, Who can outlast? I mean, it's going to be the head-to-head. I could see the two teams having the same record, but one team uh, wins the division because of head-to-head. The final, uh, my last and final uh, division winner in the NFC is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas, don't think is. Uh, I think that division is kind of weak, but I think Dak uh, and the Cowboys can win that division. Quickly, I'll go with my three wildcard teams just because I don't think it's that good. But Packers, obviously, since they're not division leaders, and the other two are Eagles and Arizona Cardinals. I have the Niners, Cowboys, and the Washington Commanders as teams just missing the playoffs. So there you have it, Jason's in mine some agreeing, some disagreeing, that's the fun of it, Uh, these will be on Instagram, in the video, obviously, you can come back and watch, but we'll keep these on Instagram, and then we'll talk once we get to around the Super Bowl time in January, and look back and see how well did we do, that's kind of fun, so that is our NFL predictions, you want to add anything?
2: Oh, do you want to do playoff predictions or Super Bowl right now, or want you, you want to get our preseason way too early prediction? Why not? Sure.
0: Go with your, your, go with your Super
2: Bowl. Okay. I have nowhere near ready. I think this could change in a few days, but I'm going to say the Buffalo Bills are going to be the winners of this upcoming Super Bowl. I've already said it before, they have what typed up to be one of the best defenses we've ever seen. They have the best offense in the nfl which was shown last year and with josh allen entering year five i expect to jump to mvp probably best quarterback in football by then and their team we saw in the preseason they actually have a running game with guys like james cook zach moss and devin singletary and that was their one weakness last year which was running the football if they can run the football at that level with the receivers like stefan Diggs and gabe davis with the best secondary in the NFL and with guys like Von Miller up front, this is a Super Bowl team. I can see them plowing through the AFC in the playoffs and beating whoever's on the other end in the Super Bowl.
0: I think right now it's so hard to disagree with that, and so uh, I'm gonna say the Buffalo Bills as well as the Super Bowl champions. I will. I think. Look at the NFC, how weak it is. I think Packers, uh, Rams, Bucks, maybe Cowboys, top teams. Could we see Arizona playing in their home stadium? Could we have that for the third year in a row? How about team playing their home stadium for the Super Bowl? Uh, and then my question for that is, Jason, is if Arizona somehow wins a division or is a high uh, wild card team and they make it to the Super Bowl and they host say the Buffalo Bills, can they win at home in the Super Bowl against the Bills?
2: I think they have absolutely no chance. I mean, the fact that they may even make the playoffs this year, I I don't think that's going to happen just because they have a Friday head coach in Cliff Kingsbury. The guy is terrible. He blows every single season. I mean, they started undefeated for close to two months last year, and they just completely fell off a cliff. One injury ends everything. The JJY injury ended everything, and Kyler got hurt. And they finished at 10-7 and 7 when they were like 7-0 and 0 at one point last year. So in their schedules getting harder, their division getting teams like the Niners and the Rams being Super Bowl contenders, there's no way that the Cardinals can even make the playoffs at this point unless they get a new head coach because it's just a disaster. I think we're going to see them fall off a cliff once again. Cliff Kingsbury off the cliff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Here, folks. Jason thinks on uh, we're gonna timestamp this August 22nd that the Ram or the Cardinals are not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not gonna continue the streak of one playing in their own stadium for the Super Bowl and two winning it. So uh, we'll put that there and we'll bookmark this. And uh, like uh, a lot of us see on TNT, they'll will make their predictions on the sticky notes and then rip half of them off. So we'll we'll keep this bookmark until uh January and and we'll see. But Um, yeah, it's really hard to predict, obviously, with weeks before the regular season and you never know if injuries, it's always injuries. Uh, but, um, I think from the looks of the talks we've had here, uh, from the looks of checking when the schedule is going to start, we, uh, here at the CBJ show are ready for, uh, kickoff. Was it September 8th? September 8th. Hey, there you go. I, I remember that date. September 8th. Bills Rams SoFi Stadium. All right. Well, another uh, exciting news coming up with start of school, start of football season. World Cup. The World Cup is back um, after taking year, taking being year later. US will be competing in the World Cup as I think we mentioned, and uh, this past spring. Um, but they'll play games against Wales, England, and Iran. Uh, had a hot take, and I'll uh, share it. It's the U.S. men's national team making the round of 16. Uh, or actually, I think quarterfinals is what I said. But I think the U.S. will win their division. But that won't start until Thanksgiving. We'll have plenty of time before to dive into uh, preparing for that game. Now the, the U.S. has two preseason games in September before that. Who will we see in net? Is it Turner? Is it Stefan? Is it Horvath? Someone else? Uh, Who will we see up top? Uh, I don't know. Um, All those questions, uh, soccer fans across the United States will be wondering as we get closer to Thanksgiving, but that'll be exciting. We'll know MLS uh, season ends, um, what is it? I think October 9th, if I'm not mistaken. Baseball ending October 5th. So a couple seasons coming to an end, a couple seasons coming to the beginning. And yes, can't forget this. The NBA schedule did come out. We'll talk about that on our next episode. So it's a little bit of a teaser. Next episode, we will talk, dive into schedule matchups, who we're looking forward to uh, as we get closer to tip-off. And countdown for that is started. Well. Uh, As you can see, I'm out of breath here talking about all this stuff. Jason, you excited for the the NFL season starting?
2: Yep, very (laughs) excited.
0: Anything else you want to add? All right, well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, thank you and Mike Grease, for joining us. Fan favor of this uh, podcast. Um, That, we hope you enjoyed listening to the CBJ show. This is episode 43. This is Jason, Cam, and Brandon.